0: two words anyone wanted to hear from Mike Tomlin's mouth as he rattled through injuries yesterday were Ben and Roethlisberger, and there they came. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of the other two teams I cover, the Penguins and the Pirates. Hope you can check those out as well. Ben has an injury to his left pec, and I'm going to underscore left there. It's not on the side where he'd be throwing the football, of course. And there's no alarm that was sounded by the head coach in saying so. Bear in mind that Ben doesn't practice Wednesdays anyway, so he'll have had one, two, three full days off before returning to the practice field Thursday. Also, for whatever this is worth and it's subject to change, Ben is scheduled to have his weekly session with the media later this morning, so we'll probably know more. It doesn't sound like he'd be affected in any dramatic way. Easy for me to say I'm not the one who took 10 hits from the Raiders and was sacked twice, a couple of times just got pulverized. But it still just sounds so bad, you know, when Tomlin says his name. You could argue it's almost as bad when he's going to cite the name of any additional player on the defensive side of the ball, and he did. Alex Highsmith has, cue it up for me, a groin injury because everyone over there has to have a groin injury, I think, to fit in. Highsmith actually had this set of parentheses after his name going back to last week in practice, apparently aggravated it to some extent. In the loss to the Raiders. You know, the list is long and it's unattractive. It's also not inconceivable from where I sit that the Steelers could overcome this. I'm not just saying that because they're playing the Bengals. If anything, this would be the one week where I'd not want to follow up Derek Carr picking apart my defense with Joe Burrow because Burrow is a better quarterback than Carr. Burrow's got more and better targets to hit than Carr. Oh, and also, Burrow has Joe Mixon, and the Raiders, by comparison, really didn't even come to Pittsburgh with a running back. So, why would I still feel confident that the Steelers can utilize their depth and put forth a W in that circumstance? Well, the first reason is, and I'm not going to play, you know, medical expert or secret behind-the-scenes athletic trainer or whatever here, but not one of these... Well, well, okay, hang on. One injury will be significant. One injury will cost the Steelers for a sustained period of time. That, of course, is Tyson Alualu's fractured ankle. But most of the rest of these are, without my making light of them, groin injuries or something that's similarly... Easily dismissed. Because if you go through the various reports that have emerged, most of which originate with a player's agent, by the way, and you piece them all together, you'll see TJ Watt, not considered serious. Deontay Johnson, not considered serious. And all of these could have been like Alu Alu, where you're missing the player for half the season or the entire season or whatever it is, none of that came to pass. So count the blessings along with the injuries. I'll start there. Beyond that, that's where it gets interesting because this head coach sounds confident in who's going to replace these players if needed Sunday. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. I know nobody ever wants to take it seriously when Tomlin does the whole standard is the standard thing. And to his credit, he didn't utilize the line itself yesterday, but he did have this to say. Thankfully, in today's NFL with the with the flexibility of practice squads and so forth. We, we have all the answers in house. Uh, I'm not necessarily worried about the injury in terms of our expectations, in terms of our performance. We have a week to prepare um, with known issues. In-game injuries cause more problems than known issues like, like you're faced with here at the top of the week. So we'll build a plan to highlight the men that we know will be available to us. We'll leave the light on for some that are in question and we'll go in that stadium and be prepared to play. Now, if you're reading into some of the code there, what he's saying for the millionth time is that go ahead and get hurt, but get hurt at some point beforehand so we can prepare accordingly. And that was maybe subliminally some kind of reference to James Conner who would constantly go down in the first quarter. And everything that the Steelers had set up notably with the offensive play calling and scripting, was done for one running back, not the other. And then when that one running back is out, what are you doing? You know, there's, there's a fallback, of course, but it's not the same. And it's not what you'd been emphasizing through practice. And it's not what you had prepared for through uh, film dissection and sharing that in the classroom with the players. Now you're just doing something completely different. So when you think back to the second half of the game against the Raiders and the Steelers play Renegade and Hines uh, Field is going nuts and they're waving the towels and all this other stuff, and you look at the guys who are coming in off the sideline and it's Isaiah Loudermilk, the rookie, Jameer Jones, and no, <laughs> no, there's nothing Tommy Shaw could ever have sung in his life that would inspire that defense to get something done. And sure enough, that's when Carr dropped back, took advantage of Trey Norwood's passive pass rush, and put up that 61-yard touchdown to Henry Ruggs III. Beautiful, beautiful play. But it's a play that never, ever would have gotten off the ground if the Steelers had had their guys out there. So what do you do? What do you do? Tomlin made multiple references, not just yesterday, but right after the game Sunday that he took responsibility for some of the younger guys who, when they were sent in, weren't adequately prepared. He referred yesterday to this as a coach's week because a coach is going to have to take a player who nobody really expected to be playing with the regular defense and have that player 100% set to go to his skill set in attacking the Bengals. And by the way, you can attack the Bengals. That's still the number one reason I'd be feeling confident about Sunday. The Bengals' offensive line stinks. And yes, I know that's the pot calling the kettle black, given how the Steelers' offensive line has performed itself. But they're all over Burrow, Cincinnati's opponents. All over him. And yet, the Bengals can occasionally exploit that with a quick out or with a handoff to Mixon, and the Steelers are going to have to be wary of that but they can still send people. They can blitz, and they can blitz to some of their youngsters' strengths if they're prepared to do so. I feel like I need to explain that, like, one final time. Put it this way. The Buffalo defensive scheme, meaning Pittsburgh against the Bills, was to just line up four guys, four-man rush. Why? Because they knew they had those guys. They knew they had TJ, Cam, and everybody getting ready to eat. Those guys get told, we're not getting you any help. No blitzes. Steelers had two blitzes the entire day in Orchard Park. And those guys get the job done. If any of those guys go down, even one of them, the whole scheme is shot. Now you're bringing guys up to the line and blitzing. Well, you know what you can do against the Bengals? Make a blitzing plan. This is the team that over the past three years led the league in blitzing percentage. Percentage of downs. It's not exactly going to be some transformational thing when they switch back to it. The Bengals won't have any film or hardly any film of the Steelers blitzing this year. They're not going to have any film of some of these guys being on a football field. So you can set things up the way you want. Doesn't mean it'll go the way you want, but hey, man, I'm trying okay i'm trying they keep putting parentheses after players names here and uh, you know i'm not only trying i'm buying i i think that the steelers can pull this off i don't think it'll be all that bad including the injury report itself come sunday open to being wrong when we come back just one question Back. It's time for just one question that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg Garbit, Kelly and George. LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. Learn more about them at LGKG.com or by calling 888 842 5454. Question, as I'm looking at it here, is one of our longer ones, but it's worth it. It comes from Jordan Heag, who says, "Last year, Deontay Johnson took the fifth most targets in the league and only resulted in 923 yards. Chase Claypool is a physical freak that the Steelers have resorted to only using him in 50-50 jump balls and wide receiver reverses. His frame and athletic ability should result in more production. Juju is steady, but we've relegated him almost exclusively to the slot, which plays right into the defense's crowding the line. All of these guys are good." None of them is showing why the Steelers place more importance on three or four wide receiver sets. They could be used as a platoon and get more tight ends or Derek Watt onto the field. It might not work, but continually utilizing this same offense and sets that didn't work last year is completely insane to me, and I want to know what your thoughts are. Jordan, I couldn't agree more emphatically with you. But I gotta tell you, you've got someone else in your corner here. You've got the quarterback in full, wholehearted, passionate support of this concept. Ben himself said after the game that the Steelers were leaving, quote, some very good players just sitting on the sideline. And since... The question that had been asked of him was about all the three and four wide receiver sets. The only players he could have been referencing are the ones that you mentioned just now, the tight ends and the fullback. Now, Ben's not one to clamor for a fullback, so I have to think that he's referring to Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth, not necessarily in that order. The tight ends have been on the field a decent amount, or at least one tight end. A lot of the time it's been Zach Gentry, but it's been mostly about blocking. Now, the guy who got knocked down 10 times isn't about to publicly advocate to have less blocking out there for himself. But he also understands that he needs more options, and he needs more options across the middle of the field, which is the one thing that you left out of your excellent entry, Jordan, because you're not seeing with Juju, with Deontay, with Claypool, crossing routes. That's not on them. You understand, they have scripted routes. They can't just go out there and wing it and say, you know what, I feel like I'm going to open up something here for my quarterback and just go right across the horizontal middle. It's not going to happen. It has to be scripted. You have to have a commitment, if you're Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin, to stop teams from lining up defensively the exact same way for a half a season now if you go back to last year ever since the Baltimore game. You have to have a commitment to that. You have to say it's important to us as a football team, not just in this given game, which is always Tomlin's go-to justification in any setting for why this was done in this week and it wasn't done in that week. And he brought it up again Yesterday, when asked about Derek Watt and basically just said, well, it's it's situational, we line him up based on certain opponents. No, they haven't lined him up since he showed up here. They've played pretty much the whole league, and they haven't lined him up in Derek Watt's tenure. You have to look at the trend. You have to recognize the trend. You have to admit at least internally, that the trend began when John Harbaugh figured out your offense and your quarterback's limitations. You have to end that. So take Jordan's advice, take your own quarterback's advice and blow that scheme up, meaning the other guy's scheme, the high safety, and from there get to work on, you know, forming some actual identity to this offense. It's not going to come until you do that. I appreciate the question a lot, Jordan. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one of these tomorrow.